What's going on, Sunbelt fans? Welcome into this Sunbelt Syndicate for the week three wrap-up, and what a week it was. Uh, unfortunately, it was a little bit of the opposite of week two for the Sunbelt as a whole. Let's start off at College Game Day up in Boone, North Carolina, where Abstay came away with one of the most improbable victories most of us have seen in a long time. Uh, it was just a hard-fought battle all day with Troy. No, Neither team could really get much separation a little bit of ugly play. If you go look at the first series there, uh, first play of the game really for Troy, uh, Gunnar Watson throws an interception. App State makes easy work of it, comes down the field, scores a touchdown, takes a 7-0 lead. After what happened week two against AM, you may think, man, they're going to cakewalk through this. Uh, was not the case at all. Uh, I don't think the Troy running game was incredibly impressive by any means. Um, I do think that the passing game was great. Whatever design they were running, whether it was more of what they're doing or more of what the App State defense wasn't doing, uh, playing off of the man too much or whatnot, it just seemed like every time they got the ball, there was space. There was no tackles made as soon as the receiver had the ball in his hands, always getting extra yards after the catch. So really impressed by what that Troy offense looked like. Uh, you know, Besides Gunnar Watson's interception to start the game off, had a great game, went for over 300 yards, um, didn't actually pass for any touchdowns, uh, shockingly enough, but receiving, they threw all over the place. So they had success there. Um, they just happened to score by uh, rushing the ball more often. But then, of course, you come down. You, you, I'm not sure, you know, Troy fans got to be shocked and disappointed with how that game ended for multiple reasons. Uh, first of all, you you take the safety. Yeah, you keep the ball out of their hands. You make sure there's nothing that goes wrong on the punt. But then you make it a field goal game, and then App couldn't get in field goal range. So you just think it's over, and then he thro- Chase throws that ball up. It gets kind of knocked back by Caden uh, or Dalton Strollman, I'm sorry, and yeah, falls into the horn, the Christian Horn's hands, and and walks into the end zone after a great block by Caden Robinson is kind of a, a absolutely unbelievable. Place went crazy. Uh, I was talking to a Troy fan before it happened and telling him, you know, I didn't see the safety coming, didn't see that happening on purpose, but told him how it was how it worked out for Louisiana a couple years ago um, and, and thought it, it was going to work out again for them, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm glad I stayed till the end. Uh, it was an amazing finish to what was really not that great of a game overall uh, as far as excitement goes. I mean, Troy fans have to be excited for what they saw on offense. I think they're they're just certainly turning stuff around here. Uh, defensively, they played better even. Um, App State probably thought they were going to score quite a few points, especially after that first drive. And I think that defense clamped down pretty well and played very well overall. And I think Troy's going to look look good throughout the rest of the season. And they're definitely going to play well in the West like I thought they would coming in. Uh, it just took a little bit longer maybe to get this look and didn't even have Carlton Marshall for this game. So once he gets back, I expect even better things out of that defense. So that's that first game. Obviously, that's kind of the headliner, but we'll jump into the second game. Um, we had Buffalo at Coastal Carolina. Uh, we called that one uh, Coastal Carolina 48, Buffalo 17. Actually ended up being Coastal Carolina 38, Buffalo 26. Um, this one, again, it's Coastal struggling a little bit. Obviously, it's a better opponent than they played last week against Gardner-Webb, but you know, the point percentage they're putting up is fine. That's not a concern. Their offense is okay. Um, Pickney's looking great. 
he's, he was a great addition to that team and a great help to McCall since he lost so many other receivers from last season. Um, but Buffalo putting up 26 points on your defense isn't a great look. So Coastal's going to have to start clamping down on the defensive side of things if they want to be where they think they can be. Um, I think that, again, offense is fine, but we'll just see if that defense comes around, come closer to conference time, and uh, see how Coastal enters into the Sun Belt race here in the coming weeks. Georgia Southern at UAB, another shocking surprise. Uh, I guess not terribly shocking on game day that I think it was Herb Street who called UAB over Georgia Southern. Uh, looks like a genius for that pick. I thought it would be you know almost like 20-point spread from what I had called, and it ended up being UAB 35, Georgia Southern 21. Uh, again, maybe much like App State, they just kind of bought into the hype and had too much kind of going on game week, not focusing enough on the opponent. I'm not sure exactly what you want to point at. The biggest issue was, but you just expected Georgia Southern with how they've been scoring so far to score more points. Um, but UAB scoring 35 is also pretty surprising with how Georgia Southern has played defensively. I know that Nebraska game was kind of an outlier with how many were scored there, but overall I think their defenses look pretty strong. Um, and we'll jump right into Charlotte at Georgia State. Uh, this was probably my biggest disappointment of the weekend. I thought Georgia State would roll uh, in this game. Uh, I did somehow accurately predict Georgia State would score 41 points. However, I said Charlotte would only score six, and, and they ended up scoring 42. Uh, so that's disappointing, especially when you, you look at it and it's a missed extra point that is the difference in that game. Uh, Charlotte, I don't know how they turned it around, quite frankly, but they did. Georgia State scoring 41 points is great. Uh, that's Like I said, that's how I predicted it, and they did do that. You would think 41 points should be good enough to win a game in most weeks, uh, especially against a team like Charlotte, but it, it, I don't know what to think of this Georgia State team. It seems like offensively they've got it figured out. They've got it together. Defensively, they've they've got to fix a lot more than I thought they would. So I think that one, to me, is my biggest disappointment of the week because it was such a weak opponent that should have been rolled over. And then following that up with another disappointment of the week, Marshall at Bowling Green. But I think, you know, we found Marshall's kryptonite and it's going to Bowling Green to play football games. Uh, I thought Marshall would roll in this one uh, much, probably much like I had the U UAB Georgia Southern game. Um, a decent opponent, maybe, but I don't know. Bowling Green hadn't looked great. And, you know, you pay UCLA and get hammered and then you play a one double A team and, and win Bowling Green. You know, you don't know exactly what they are yet, just yet. You know, you got Marshall beating number eight team in Notre Dame. You th think that this is a big, heavy step down and they should take care of business rather easily. And for whatever reason, they just couldn't put it all together uh, and lost right there towards the end. And I, I don't know what they got to do again. I think, you know, Georgia Southern app state Marshall could all rebound pretty well after kind of coming back to earth. I know app was the only one of those teams to escape with a, with a victory, but escape is exactly what they did. It, it wasn't an impressive one at all. So hopefully all three of those teams can have a wake up call and get it back together and, and look more like week two than week three going forward. Uh, ODU at Virginia. Uh, this was right where we kind of thought it was. I had uh, Virginia in a four-point game, 24-20. They ended up taking it just by two points, 16-14. Uh, and I'll take you back to early in that game. Um, ODU had a fourth and one. Probably, I think it was just over side of the 50. So they were in Virginia territory. They had a false start, backed them up another five yards, ended up punting the ball away. 
And Virginia doesn't score on that next series. However, they punt the ball back and forth to each other. And once Old Dominion gets the ball back, their punt returner fumbles it. And they Virginia picks it up and scores a field goal going in after that. And obviously, we know it's a two-point game that it ended up at. So that's a big swing there and ultimately could have come down to something as simple as a, a false start penalty that started all that off. So the, the game of inches in football, that's kind of something you look back at and you could stick to. There's other things that could have happened, obviously. But that's kind of something early on in the game that made a massive difference in the end. And that's just how close ODU is to beating a team like Virginia and going 2-0 and in the state of Virginia against Virginia Tech and UVA with her, you know the Power 5 victories. They almost came away with two Power 5 victories to start off this year for them, which would have been massively impressive. Uh, Jennings looks amazing. Had his first uh, touchdown pass of the season, so maybe they're getting it together. You know, those are those hard-fought games you can learn a lot from, or you could let it get under you. I think ODU learns from that, though. Um, I think they're looking a little bit better offensively, and as long as they can keep that defense together, I mean, living a Power Five team only score 16 points against you is, is impressive. I don't care who which Power Five conference it is. I mean, they've got talent on rosters all across the board. So to hold a Power Five team to 16 points, I still like what ODU is doing. I like it even more than I had to start the season. So I am impressed with how that one went. Uh, then we'll jump into Arkansas State and Memphis. I had this as a one-point game. I thought this could come down to the wire, and it, it got close to coming down to the wire, but Memphis pulled away there at the very end. Um, always a hard-fought team game between these two teams. Uh, Memphis just has had the edge here in recent years. Um, Arkansas State needs to just keep fighting through this. It, it's one of those frustrating things, kind of like Georgia State almost. Um, they they have the talent. They have what they need on the roster. They just need to put it all together and play more as a team. Uh, I think they'll I think they'll get into it, um, but it's going to be a, a struggle of a year if they can't make those minor things a little bit better and improve across the board there. And we'll jump into uh, another disappointment, especially for those fans down there in Lafayette, uh, Louisiana at Rice. I had this as a, as a close game. I had it as an eight-point game for the Raging Cajuns, and unfortunately, Rice took it to them and, and won 33-21. to 21. So it wasn't even all that close in the end, but I knew Louisiana wouldn't handle it to them uh, with how they've been playing. They've just had some struggles offensively. Uh, more defensively, I'd say, especially with allowing Rice to have 33 points bo- put on the board and with what they had allowed Eastern Michigan to do the week before. Um, they lost a lot, right? We've said that. And they're going to build towards the future and work on what they've got to to improve as the season goes along, just like everybody else, right? That's that's not rocket science there. But, you know, you just don't see them dropping a game like this. Uh, so that was kind of surprising to me. Um, but I think they've got plenty of time to rebound against at a conference game. So it doesn't hurt championship hopefuls and everything else bowl game, you know, probably not that bad of a situation to be in, but you've got to, you've got to think those Cajun fans are pretty disappointed, uh, with losing to a team like rice down there. It's kind of a, a regional game. Uh, it's not one they really want to drop with where they thought their program was at. So then we'll jump into uh, ULM at Alabama, this game went pretty pretty similar to what we thought. Um, I had Alabama 56, ULM 17. Ended up going Alabama 63, ULM 7. So I mean, the only thing you could really point to there is maybe you were hoping that ULM got into the end zone a little bit more. But they just had some struggles. Uh, you know, you're going to have your struggles against a team such as Alabama. 
Uh, Saban had said, you know, he doesn't forget things and never forgot the loss for ULM. So you knew it wasn't going to be any kind of shocking upset. Uh, he was going to go for the throat in this one, even though uh, a lot of people would not have picked ULM anyway. Uh, so that one went kind of across the board, what we thought. And then uh, the one that we were really hopeful to get and I thought might get really was South Alabama at UCLA. I had this as a three-point game and said it might come down to the last second field goal. Well, almost. Uh, you know, USA goes there and fakes a field goal, um, and it was not successful and ultimately goes down to UCLA by one point. But Again, South Alabama might be just what everyone thought, which is an up-and-coming team that's going to have a really good season. Uh, I didn't know if I agreed with that before the season started, but I'm starting to see it a little bit more. Uh, they kind of looking how I thought maybe Troy would look going into this season, to be honest with you. But um, I think they have a better offense overall than Troy does. So I am impressed with what South Alabama is doing. And uh, to be right there and, and possibly beat a UCLA team, the, the biggest aspect of that too is, is traveling all the way across the country like that and being out of a, your comfort zone uh, in LA and the big bright lights, all that kind of stuff, you know, going on the beach the day before, like they were doing, um, you know, you, you just might not play a good game when you're in that type of situation. And they came out and played a very good game. Uh, and then without, you know, maybe a questionable way of going about the fake field goal, uh, you know, they, they could have won that game there and maybe should have won that game there uh, and had another P5 victory for the Sun Belt. But, you know, sometimes those close vic close defeats you learn more from. So that's going to probably still play to South Alabama's advantage going into conference play once that gets started for them. Uh, then we'll jump in Northwestern State at Southern Miss. I had this one as a Southern Miss shutout, 31-0. Uh, Southern Miss looked even more offensively impressive than I thought they would. They got, they got all the way to 64 points, and uh, Northwestern didn't quite get shut out, but did only have 10 points on the day. So right where we thought Southern Miss would be crushing this team that shouldn't be you know, giving them any issues, and, and they didn't. So we won't even go through a whole lot of detail on that. It's just kind of whatever we thought going in. And uh, hopefully Southern Miss has, has got some offensive things he figured out even more after going through a game-type situation um, against a team that, that they should hammer and, and did. Uh, and then we'll finish up with Texas State at Baylor. I had this one as a 21-point as a game. Uh, it ended up being a little further than that, but I, I don't know if the final score tells the whole truth here. I think this game was really close up until about halftime. Uh, and then obviously Baylor just took advantage of mistakes after that and took care of this one, 42-7. to seven. Um, Texas State, I mean, they've got that quarterback, wide receiver connection in Hatcher and Hawkins. Uh, they just need to establish their run game. They still can't really get that thing going real well. Uh, defensively, it's going to be hard to stop a team like Baylor, so you don't think it's it's too bad of a, of a line to give up as far as what Baylor scores. It's just you hope to see Texas State put more points on the board, um, which is, you know, again, isn't going to be easy on a team like Baylor, but... You're hoping that they're making some strides offensively to improve on where they've been over the last several years, and they're not quite there yet. So that wraps up week three in the Sun Belt, and hopefully tomorrow we'll have up the week four preview that starts Thursday night with Coastal Carolina taking on Georgia State down there in Atlanta. Until next time, thanks for listening.